The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Welcome to my brother, my brother, being an advice show for the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. I'm your sweet baby brother, 30 under 30, Griffin McElroy. I was thinking about how around Halloween, <laughs> when I do that hello, I might stop before I get to the O. Oh, just yeah. Just kind of be like, imagine it's Halloween, okay? Hello. Yeah, no, oh, I'm definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm We're really there. very scared because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the hell demons. I'm seeing skeletons and you know blood volcanoes, and I'm I'm getting real uh quite, quite spooked. And it's June, so how could you do this to me now? I am literally vibrating with anticipation because we got ourselves a watch Jurassic World Lost World Kingdom of dinosaurs coming out. Who knows when? That's what this. Oh, that's what makes this watch so exciting. I don't even know when the movie comes out. Um, We've all seen the posters that just say Jeff's in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big, and everybody's so excited about Jeff coming back doing his thing. Jeff's in this one, folks. He's in it. He- confirmed. Yeah, we got a lot of sort of classic stuff in here. We got Jeff uh, in it, and he says the great line about how. Everything can get all fucked up sometimes, mm-hmm. and Richard Schiff comes back. He gets chomped by another Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he like, got robotic legs after he was chomped in half the first time. Yeah, his top half lived inside the T-Rex for a long time, but then he got out of the Sarlacc pit like Boba Fett, and then mm-hmm. they gave him uh, new legs, and then he shows up to the park like, I think I'm really going to be able to... And then a pterodactyl comes, picks him up, drops him in a T-Rex's mouth, yeah. and it's supposed to be funny, I guess, that he dies. So Jeff, what in the first one? What in the first Jurassic well, World? Well, it's hard to say because there was a lot of jungle in there. And there was a lot of wide shots. He might have been this is what I'm hiding saying. in the forest living his new life. Jeff wasn't in that one. Jeff's in two. Mm-hmm. Jeff's in Jurassic World. It done fell back. But thing, the thing that I found out today, Jeff is also the like tutorial voice in Jurassic World Evolution. The video game is Dr. Ian Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he just reignited the passion for the role, I guess, and is willing to just do it. Jurassic World brand toilet paper is very good. Take it from me. Life finds a way. And so does Duke. <laughs> I'm doing a commercial for it. Yeah. Hi, I'm popular actor Jeff Goldblum from Apartments.com. If you, if you have to lay an egg... And then he looks at the camera for a minute straight, and then that's the end of the commercial. <laughs> he yeah. says, if you have to lay an egg, and then he slowly lifts up the uh, the TP. Here's the thing. I think what happened was he did that, that uh, Thor movie. He did the Thor movie, and he was like, yeah. you know what? I like being in these big movies. Mm. I love, I missed being in the movies. These apartment.com ads are very good, and I am making a good amount of money. Uh, uh, Jeff Goldman plays a character called Brad Bl- Bellflower. 
in the apartments.com ads. And we were watching one. This campaign has been ongoing for several years now. We were watching one and Sidney said, why does it say his name is Brad? I said, well, and she said, I thought he was just playing Jeff Goldblum. And I said, you, ju- you thought he was just playing Jeff Goldblum, popular actor, showing people how to find the best apartments for them? Is that something you would trust Jeff Goldblum to do? And the answer, of course, is yes. Yeah, that's sure. Fair. In a heartbeat. Yeah, that's fair because sure. the Travago guy isn't playing himself, I assume. No, that's not true. His name's David Travago. Oh. Yeah. Can I tell you, I got two theories about Jurassic World, Lost World. You don't want to talk about Travago guy? No, I. Well, my theory number one is he's in it as Travago guy. I don't like how when you search for any hotel accommodations on Travago, the first result is always my guest room. And it's yeah. a picture of the Travago guy trying to get you to stay at his crib. The picture of the bed has him lying in the bed, kind of like mm-hmm. head up on one hand, you know, on his elbow kind of thing. Harris tasseled as if you just awoken him from a nap. And there's a big paragraph in there about how he lost all his shirts in a fire, and that's why he's not wearing any of them in any of the pics. It's weird. It's so strange. But it is a good way to demonstrate the size of the bed, to give me some sort of context. My house is four Travago guys tall. Yeah, right? There is plenty of room for you to stretch out in my one and a half Travago guy-sized bed. Here's my theory about the Jurassic World Lost World. One, they're finally going to show the dinosaurs in this one. This one, it's going to have them. Been waiting. I think we're finally going to see them. Unfair that Richard Schiff got chopped in half off screen. Yes. I needed needed to see that to finish. I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, my theory is at the end, it's going to pull back, camera pulls back, and all of that was inside a dome with super intelligent dinosaurs looking in and saying, like, yes, our experiment to breed extinct humans is going very well. Yeah, end of phase one, on to phase two. Yes. Let's get Chris Pratt up here. Let's get him nude. Your thing would make more sense, uh-huh. I think, Travis. Your thing would be more logical if the humans were the the animals in this world. Mm-hmm. It would make more sense than the fact that they done did the park again. They did it again. They did it again. You know how in the first one, mm-hmm. Jeff is like, this is so whack. And everybody's like, hey, Jeff, can you calm down? We're just really excited to see dinosaurs. And I think at that point, even the audience is like, hey, don't listen to him. I really want to see a dinosaur. And then when everybody starts getting eaten, he's like, must go faster. Like he's, yeah. he's like, yeah, I told you so. Wouldn't it be rad? I haven't seen the film. Wouldn't it be rad in this one if he's like super jazzed about it? Like, <laughs> like just like my old friends, dinosaurs. I can't. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm so stoked. Who wouldn't want to see a fucking dinosaur? This is what? incredible. This is amazing. The claws, the teeth. He sees a big pile of dookie. He's like, that's a lot of shit. I love it. I like it this time. <laughs> I'm very excited. My roommate and I do not get along. Our relationship went downhill when she bought a Jenga board. She, I, we're going to talk about it. Just wait. She'd ask casually from time to time, usually I'd be cooking dinner, when I'd play Jenga with her. I have a 9-to-5 job, but I'm often at home at varying times, so I was hesitant to make plans with her to play Jenga that I probably couldn't keep. I told her just to ask me when I'm at home and not cooking, and I would play Jenga with her. The shit really hit the wall one night. <laughs> I came home, and all the lights of the house were off. I walked in the living room, looking for the light switch, when I heard something moving in the dark. When I turned on the lights, it was my roommate playing Jenga by herself in the dark. Oh, man. I don't really want to play Jenga with her anymore, but I feel like she might light my room on fire if I don't indulge her. What do I do? 
That's from Gmail. So I was very thrown by this question because I've never heard anybody in my life say a Jenga board. Yeah. I yes. don't know even what that could be. And I thought maybe they meant a Ouija board. And just fucked and, up the worst. Yeah, And but just no. fucked up the words. But it got weirder because, like, I've also never heard somebody say they're going to play Ouija. I've never heard that. So I think that it is a Jenga. I don't – but a Jenga board, I mean, I don't know what I would call it instead, but it's certainly – there's nothing more like the Jenga tau, tau, Jenga play set, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's certainly not a board. I also, um, not to not to nitpick a little bit. I've also never heard the phrase "the shit hit the wall," <laughs> though I get. Listen, through context, I totally understand what it means. Unless it's being used literally, we missed the fan. We threw it at the fan, and the fan moved, and then it hit the wall. And because the lights were off, because the lights because were in the dark. Dark. Um, they were using the jenga in the dark. To hone their senses. Yes. Uh, you don't need your eyes, your sight, in order to get a really good Jenga going. You just need to sort of feel it out. And the more you can kind of hone that, I think the better kind of a player you're going to be. So I wouldn't be too freaked out about that. They're probably not going to set your room on fire. They are, I guess, the worst case scenario, going to kick your ass so bad at Jenga so bad that you'll never be able to leave the house again. Seems like concern. the more likely scenario. Would you guys play Jenga, right? If I was like, you want to play some Jenga? Right now, would you guys play Jenga right now? I mean, I would get on some sort of gig economy service to have somebody come to my house and set up the board for me because I couldn't possibly be. Oh, and I just called it a board, so it's catching on. But I, I, I would, I would love to play Jenga with you right now, Justin. I don't have the the prerequisite. Uh, you know, 40 minutes required to set up the Jenga game only to have your dumb, unskilled hands not topple the whole shit over and sending it crashing down to the floor. And you're laughing like, uh oh, guess I did a bad job. And then I'm crying actual tears because I have to. You're so excited for the game. I guess in my mind, I'm kind of, I would just love to play Jenga so much right now. Yeah. Really? Well, ev- listen, Justin, everyone loves to play Jenga, but Griffin is dead on. You know, and everyone's fine playing Jenga, but nobody wants to do the work to set up the hours to set it up. There was a bar here in Cincinnati since closed called Neons, and they had like giant Jenga, the big Jenga, yeah. And it was like huge blocks, right? And the thing would like sat on a table, and the the board itself was often you know four feet high, and that's really great because it takes Jenga as not only a game of skill but also turns it into a truly dangerous game. Dangerous for everyone in the bar, no matter how close you are to it, because you could be sitting at the other end of the bar having a drink with your friend, just like. I'm so sorry he left you. I know that y'all were trying to make it work out. And please, if there's anything, I know this feeling, if there's anything I can do, just (laughs) as the Jenga board falls over. And it does sound like two buildings collapsing into each other, like the Rampage monster squished them together. Um, And it sort of scares the living shit out of everyone. It's not a fun environment. Quickly, tell me the truth. Hmm. At what point do you say Jenga? As it's falling. As it's falling, as do you, you say scream, Jenga? You screamed it for everyone to dive out of the way, as one might yell timber. Yeah. Jenga! And you dive. Uh, that's right. See, that's not right. Do you chant Jenga when, to try to psych someone out? Do you say, uh, do you say it when you're done saying it up? Like, uh, Jenga. Well, is Jenga good or is Jenga bad? Oh, no. We've, nobody's ever really dialed into that, where is... Do you, do you yell it when you're excited because the jenga's about to happen, or do you use it as Justin suggests as a sort of, um, you know, wizard's curse? Jenga is derived from kujenga, 
a Swahili word which means to build, according to the, the Pedia. I think as it's falling does not does not track. That's an unjinga. Djinga. <laughs> Let me try this. Let me see what you think about this. The board falls. It's scattered. Everyone looks at it in silence for a moment, and the person who knocked it over just whispers, Jinga. And it's just kind of admitting defeat, and it's time to build again. Yeah, I guess the cycle begins anew. I mean, I wouldn't. I would leave the situation. I used to date the situation, but he loved playing Jenga so much. Yeah. But it didn't work you out. You used to date the situation? And the situation from Jersey Shore, he loves Jenga. Uh-huh. And he loved me for a time, but he loved Jenga more. He loved it so much because each of the big, big bricks looked like one of his individual strong fingers. And so, Justin, did you give the, the situation an ultimatum? And you said, like, it's me or the Jenga. I thought you were going to ask if I gave him his first Jenga set, because a lot of people say that, and it's not true. He already had one. We found it in a lake house that we rented together, uh-huh. and he got so into it at that point. It's when I really started to lose him. But so you found it at the lake house, but you did show him how to play? Everybody knows how to play Jenga. It's very obvious. Well, if you see it set up, all you can think is, I'd love to knock this down, but I'd love to make it look like it was an accident. That's your main reaction when you see the Jenga thing, is how can I knock this down and make it look like I didn't mean to? And so everybody knows the rules of Jenga in their heart. Do you ever hear from the situation now? Yeah, when was the last time you talked to the situation? <laughs> you know what? I, I always hear from him when there's a new limited edition set released. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because he thinks that I'm going to be excited about it too. Like, hey, did you hear there's Donkey Kong Jenga? Hey, did you hear there's Jenga blank? Or there's giant, giant Jenga? You remember Sex Jenga? Where they would write like little sexy things you're supposed to do when you pull the bricks out? Is there yeah. any less sexual situation imaginable on Earth than playing Jenga? I, like, I don't like conflating that, uh, the act of beautiful love making with a lot of brick removal tension. Mm. So, oh, wait. The question, of course. Um, yes, of course. Uh, all apologies. You should just play Jenga because it was fun and I love to play Jenga. If I have time, I'll get over there. If you want me to play Jenga with your roommate instead of you, I'm happy to do it. Let me ask you guys this. Is there a level of bad you could be at Jenga that the roommate would no longer want to play with you? Yes. Oh. Can you hide or burn one of the Jenga bricks? And they'll never be able to play with that set again. Especially if you can get the bottom ones. Well... Um. <laughs> Or every night, every <laughs> night, burn three Jenga bricks, right? Yeah, so that's that way the, the tower just gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Oh, that's good. That's shortening the length of the game or extending it. Or are you extending the length of the game by doing that? Okay, so every night, add three Jenga bricks. Add three Jenga bricks, and then they'll get tired of setting it up. Well, eventually Fr- it, get, it gets pinched between the table and the ceiling, and then the, <laughs> the friction is such that nobody can remove any bricks, and now you just have sort of a cool wood column in your home. And that's going to raise the property values. I would give any amount of money for you to read Yahoo. Here's one from Merritt Palmer. Thank you, Merritt. It's Yahoo Answers user question mark. We'll call him um, Bev asks, what makes something food? Huh. The fact that this had to be asked by this person makes me wonder what their last, say, hour has been like. Okay. You know what I mean? What the, what the hour leading up to them getting on Yahoo and typing this question in was like. Let me pose this to, to you two. Is paper food? I mean, maybe it would be better instead of Travis going down the list of all inanimate <laughs> objects that are extant. We could come we up could with some, like, a some baseline guy. filters. I was going to make a point. I wasn't just... 
I wasn't just speaking hypothetically. I'm talking okay, yes, about paper is food. You could you could season you could season paper in such a way that it would be pleasant to eat. Like a fucking paprika cigarette? What are you talking about? No, you could just like you, you could make it pretty good. You could season it and make it good to eat, and then <laughs> it's got fiber in it. No, and probably a vitamin. Justin, you are fucking with my point on purpose because you know I was going to say, "Oh, it's not food, but you can eat it." And now you've taken that away from me with your you jokes. just raised the specter of the question. the The bounds of the question are what is food? What things are food? What? It, how do food do it? Just because you don't want to eat paper doesn't mean it's not food. But here's my point, is if you got a burrito wrapped in paper and you took a bite of it with the paper still on, you would go to jail. Yes, it would not be pleasant. Not all food is pleasant. That's a good point. See, I was thinking here, <laughs> if you want to eat it, with, if you want to eat it, put it in your tummy, it tastes good, then that's the sort of three things you need for food. But there's a lot of things that are food, like for me, uh, a vegetable that I don't think it tastes tasty. I don't want it in my belly. I don't think I want it in my mouth. I don't desire it. And but it's still food, isn't it? So mm. shit. Yeah, it's still food. I mean, everybody's talking about a hot dog sandwich or not, but I think we can all agree these things are food. Maybe food is completely subjective. One man's food is another man's treasure. Yeah, you know, I look at grass and I'm like, no, thank you. But a cow looks at grass and a cow's like, yum, yum, yum. Now that's what I call food. Yeah. And then I look that's... at the, now, and then I look at the cow and I say, well, do you know? To the <laughs> cow, I'm the cow yeah. thinks I'm just me. But I see the cow and I say that's like ten hamburgers because that's how because I'm a fucking <laughs> you know big big wild animal, just a big idiot <laughs> who also can't measure how big a hamburger is compared to a cow. Yeah. All right, Travis. How many hamburgers can you get out of a cow? Answer me truthfully. And, and not sliders. Yeah. Thirty-five. That's right. Thirty-five. No, he's right. He got it right. Okay. God, he got it right. He yep. got instantly got the right answer. It's like, what is food? <laughs> what is food? Is toothpaste food? No. no stop. He, no, we got to stop no. asking these dumb questions for the jokes. <laughs> no. Listen, toothpaste isn't food, and I can back that up because if you. It has chemicals in it that would make you sick if you eat more than a portion of it. Sure. And a portion is a deck of cards or the palm of your hand. So if you eat what? more, you should be able to eat a portion, which is a deck of cards or the palm of your hand. That's about the size of a portion of of any food. And you should be able to eat a portion oh, okay. of Oh, okay. I thought you were saying that's sick. how much toothpaste you were putting on your brush every time. No. That's how much food you, you should be able to eat of something for it to qualify as food. There should be nothing where if you ate more... The a deck of cards size of it, you would be sick. You'd be dead. Like yeah. What if you died. ate a deck of cards of salt? Ugh, here's what's fucking me. Salt is food. <laughs> here's what's fucking me up. Salt is food. Eat a deck of cards of salt, you're good. Here's what's what? fucking me up. I don't think so. I think you'd get very sick. Here's what's fucking me up, though. <laughs> you take the sticky stuff of dough. That ain't food. No, that's not food. You put it I... in. A, you put it in the hot area. Get it out. Now it's food? What? You have, you have, by cooking it and, and killing some of the latent bacteria in it by cooking it, you have made it qualify for root of, food of rule number one. Sorry, rule of food number one. You can eat a deck of it and be okay. <laughs> what about a novelty dough, size, novelty size deck of playing cards? 
No, a deck of it, a portion. This is the rule. If you eat a deck of raw dough, that you can still get salmonella, get sick. That ain't food, cousin. Hey, family, okay. that ain't food. Let me ask you this, Justin: Is drink food? Stop! You're just <laughs> you're just being a pisser right now, Trav. I'm just trying to create new rules for food. I've got one for you. Okay, where if you deck eat of cards, a deck of, palm it, of hand, if it makes you sick, that ain't food. Does nephew? one must derive some form of nutrition for it to be food? Nope, because cotton candy's food. Shit! Can I cook a deck of toothpaste? Ooh. <laughs> no, you would just probably not food. Shit. That's not food. All right, we that's... need more rules. If you eat a deck of it and you're healthy still, that's food. That's I fucked up, though, because I can't do that for cheese. Rules. No, there has to be rules, Justin. There can be other rules. What other and... rules, Justin? <laughs> you're founding I... a new religion here, Justin. Yeah. You can't stop at one, one rule. I came up with the one. Like, my rule is great. I could eat a candle. I could eat... A playing card deck size of candle, and I think I would live. Probably not, though. I didn't say live. Oh. I said get sick. And I think my friend, my young friend, I think that if you ate a candle the size of your fist, uh-huh. you'd probably not be feeling tip top for the rest of the day. That is a food, brother. I'm looking around my room thinking about things I could eat a playing card deck size of. I'll give you one. I'm playing cards. Uh-huh. I, I, here, it's rule two. If someone, some, no, it can't just be someone, because there, there would be people that, you know, would eat a candle and say, like, I loved it. I'm going to say if there's 20 people anywhere on Earth who do enjoy eating the thing, it also then is, it also then is food. Does that include, like, YouTube prank videos? Ah, shit, yeah. You don't, you would be so sick if you ate a deck of playing cards, they're waxed. You would be sick. It's not food. I'm not going to tell you how my fucking trick works, dude. I ate a deck <laughs> of playing cards, and I'm still here alive to tell the tale. You figure it out. And does anybody have another rule for food? I already fucking gave you one. My esoteric one, would you eat this in front of the Pope? <laughs> What yeah. food? Hey, let's let's pretend for a second. Because I would eat some ribs in front of the Pope. Oh, what? oh, yeah. What is the number one food that you would least want to eat <laughs> in front of a potential employer? My own resume. Yeah, no, that- probably a cake with pictures of their family on it. <laughs> you guys are the pits. You're not even applying yourselves to the context of the question. I wouldn't want to eat their lunch. Okay, but like, you got, y'all are like, the, if the man had seen the sawdust, he wouldn't have died. Lateral thinking puzzled right. me. Oh, I got, I got, I got, I got. I just I gotta, want a good okay. answer. Yeah, I got to get an answer. Uh, it could be a hot dog that you've written the word dickhead and mustard <laughs> on the top of it. <laughs> How about Taco Bell? A big bag of Taco Bell. And there's, instead of a receipt inside, there's a piece of paper that says, I stole this. <laughs> How about a bi- How about a big bag of Taco Bell? And also, you're at Quidoba. Oh, yeah. you're applying for a job at Quidoba. Yeah. Let me, I would like to suggest a pretty dynamic change to the way we are thinking about things. I would like to suggest we split this into two categories. Food, F-O-O-D, and that's where your sandwiches, <laughs> you know, your your salads, your what you would think of when you think of food goes. And then food, F-U with an umlaut over it, C. <laughs> Where we can put stuff like some paper, 
uh, a, a leaf you found outside. You can't. That Okay, the word you're looking for is edible. We have two rules for food, Travis. Yes, but no rules for feud. Everything else is feud. If it's edible and not food, it's feud. Yes, I'll this grant is what you I'm that. Okay, okay, here are the two rules we have for food. <laughs> if you can eat a deck of it and not get sick, uh-huh. and 20, 20 people anywhere like it. But it can't be the same 20 people who are just like stunting to yeah. expand the list. I think I we're, think I think we're on it. We got a good start here, and then everything else is feud. Everything Ugh. else is feud, a new food-like product from Travis McElroy. Gang, I'm thinking it might just be easier to just do a list. See? <laughs> <laughs> All the things that are food. Listen, I'm just saying that I think we will find less things that aren't food. than it. So if we went, can we get the folks down at MIT on this? Recently, I moved to a small town that's about three by three miles long. Uh, nine square miles. Next question. <laughs> nice try. How big is my town? <laughs> How big's my town in square mileage? There's your answer. Next. Uh, sometimes while I'm working at my retail job, I'll see customers with a nice cold Jamba Juice and think about treating myself to one. The problem is that there isn't a Jamba Juice in my town at all. <laughs> <laughs> the closest neighboring town that has one is about a 40-minute drive. I spent all my time Googling and can't find one in, in my or my neighboring towns. Would it be okay for me to ask a customer where the Jamba Juice is? Do my customers drive 40 minutes for juice? Should I? That's from Jamba Juice Junkie. Well, let me make one quick correction. Your customers drive uh, 80 minutes. For Jumbo Juice. Sure. That's a fucking great point, Travis. Thank you so much. How is there even juice left in the cup by the time they get to you? How do you not immediately drain one of these? Maybe they take like a cooler with them. They buy eight Jamba Juices at once, put it in some dry ice, have it all week. Do you know how far I would have to drive to get the Jamba Juice? Uh Uh-oh. Ooh, how far, Justin? Well, it wouldn't be 40 minutes, my man. Our town is a little bit bigger than um, nine by nine uh, square miles, but your boy Hoops would need to drive uh, three and a half hours to get Whoa. to down the juice. So I'd have to really be craving I that. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had this juice. Is it good? I Ooh. mean, it's not three and a half hours. Sorry, as Travis O'Reilly points out, seven hours. I mean, just oh, so good. you don't feel bad, Justin, here in Cincinnati, which I would call a smallish major city. I said juice town. That's a juice town. The closest one is in Lexington, 81 miles away. Maybe what we're really realizing here right now is that maybe Jamba Juice needs to open some more locales. Or Question Asker needs to. Oh my God, Travis. Yes. The universe has been speaking to you with these brave pilgrims and their delicious juice. The universe is telling you, Dillip, listen. It's time to open a Jamba Juice. The market is here. The market is here. There is a your town is full of people that love Jamba Juice and hate driving. <laughs> the time has come. And maybe if you want to save on some, uh, you know, some fees and some, uh, you know, uh, negotiating with Jamba Juice, just open a Jumbo Juice. Same exact everything else. But now it's you, and you don't have to pay for a franchise. Open a Jombie Juice, and you're going to work with your friend Paul Rubens. You're going to open a Jombie Juice, and uh, and John Paragon, I guess, would have to get in on it to do, like, VO and stuff. I don't think you can ask them where they got the juice, though. 
I don't, you don't think. Because that conversation so. would go, hey, where'd you get that? And they would say, Jabba Juice. <laughs> or maybe they're getting it from like a Speak Juicy and they can't tell you where, because it's like an underground Jamba Juice here in town that you're not allowed to know about because you just moved there. Or maybe it's not a real Jamba Juice that they're getting their juice from. Uh, it's an old footlocker. That somebody's just crushing up some oranges and apples and what have you in, and then they say they sell it to him, and they say this will be sixty dollars, and they say that seems stiff, and they say, "What well, can I tell you? We're a real Jamba Juice, and you don't want to burst their bubble that they're drinking bootleg Jamba Juice." Haven't you noticed that it's just like solo cups with the words Jamba Juice written onto it, and it's got a lot of seeds, like mini seeds. <laughs> it's so seedy. It's pretty much all seeds. How far would you guys drive for juice? How far would I drive for juice? I wouldn't go to my kitchen for juice, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I handed you a cold juice right now, you would just upturn the cup, huh? Yes, onto your head. Hey, folks, it's just sugar. Whoa. You're welcome. Yeah. Didn't even think political would happen on this show, but Justin got this one got political. I'm just mad because I tried to do a juice fast once on the day of trick or treat, and I only made it four hours. <laughs> Did you try to juice a bit of honey? And you're like, this is not producing much. <laughs> nothing. This is nothing. Oh, boy, it was bad, though. Uh, let's take a quick trip over to the money table. Hey, can I tell you about Blue Apron? Oh, fuck can me. I tell you about Blue Apron? Yeah, Justin, you do it. <laughs> Every Friday... I go out on and I open my front door, and you know what's waiting for me? Don't say a cardboard box. It's so much more than that. It's a world of cuisine. Now this is all food. <laughs> now this one's not the box. Not the box. Not well, the frozen the box elements. Is feud, and the frozen elements are probably feud too. But don't take my word for it. And uh, they're really delicious food at that. Blue Apron delivers uh, fresh. Pre-proportioned ingredients with step-by-step recipes right to your door that can be cooked in under 45 minutes. I have been a Blue Apron customer since they started uh, advertising with us, and I pay for all my Blue Apron meals now. I say that with a point of pride. I'm happy that I can continue to support this great organization because they deliver such fantastic food. Cindy made one uh, yesterday that was like, uh, it was like a noodle dish, like a chicken noodle dish with uh, some sambalek in there and some some seasoning. Oh, boy. Oh, I know I'm not describing it very well, but Hachi Machi was it ever good. You're going to love this stuff. There's their chef-designed recipes, and you're going to feel like you really know what you're doing around the kitchen. And if you do it for long enough, you really will. I've worked with so many ingredients that I wouldn't have worked with otherwise, and I feel like, honestly, I know, Griffin, you feel the same way just felt like i've learned a lot about cooking yeah um, it's very i would never try it's a very good otherwise. skill to know thank you blapron uh so check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash my brother no blueapron.com slash that my... up so bad <laughs> we say that at least like six this times this is why we episode. created the different one this is my brother and my sitter <laughs> go to blapron go to blapron.com that's our that's our private vanity url that we registered much to their chagrin that'll take you to blueapron.com slash my brother or you can go to blapron.com and get your first three meals free 
Blue Apron is, quite simply, if I do say so myself, a better way to cook. Can I tell you about Wink? Fuck me. I want to do one of the ads. Here's the thing about Wink. I love wine. But for a while there, I thought I just kind of sort of liked wine. Because basically, I was just being introduced to the same, like, three bottles over and over and over again. But with Wink, I type in a couple of things. They ask me a couple simple questions like, how do you take your coffee? And how do you feel about blueberries? And frankly, I don't trust them. With just those simple answers, they will then recommend to you and send you some wines that are well-suited to your palate and your taste without you having to know anything about your palate and your taste. It's incredible. And these wines come, and they're new and interesting brands I had never seen in a store but I'm now falling in love with. And you can mm. personalize uh, you know, what bottles you get. And there's no membership fees. You can skip any month. You can cancel any time. Shipping is covered. And if you don't like a bottle, they'll replace it. No questions asked. It's a great deal. Have you tried Jason Biggs Power Wine? <laughs> that No? That one hasn't come yet. Uh, you gotta, I think, request it. Well, it, it takes a specific sort of profile answer, and it's one that you wouldn't normally sort of fill in there. You have to really be looking for Jason Biggs Power Wine. Um, but they <laughs> ask you things like, what's your favorite movie? And you do have to say, you know, American Pie, Saving Silverman, something like that. And it's like, uh, name one word, one adjective, how you want your wine. And you said, you, you have to say, like, psyched up. Or just big, but two Gs. Or you just put in, it says, any additional details, and you can just type in there, I want to drink the Jason Biggs Power Wine, <laughs> and that'll usually get it to you there. Um, and I know you're probably wondering, is it red? Is it white? Uh, it doesn't have a discernible color. It's kind of opalescent, I guess, would be the yeah. word I would use. Yeah. Chunky. So you can discover great wine today if you go to trywink.com slash mybrother. That's trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash mybrother. And when you do, you'll get $20 off your first shipment. That's trywink.com slash mybrother for $20 off. Go check it out. I want to tell you about a podcast. This one's called I Hate It, But I Love It. That's the name of it. It is not my review of the show it's called i hate it but i love it you can find it at hatelovepodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts i hate it but i love it is a super fun podcast about the pop culture you love and hate simultaneously each week hosts and best pals kat and jocelyn discuss a movie or tv show that they both love and hate like game of thrones armageddon the devil wears prada or anything jj abrams ever made then they try to figure out why they feel that way oh and did i mention they're canadian that's not really important but any canadians listening right now just got a little bit excited you should listen i think you should listen no matter where you live but canadians you're gonna love all of the great canadian sensibilities present in this show i bet so that's a i hate it but i love it you can find it on your podcast destination uh we have a message for future annie and it's from present annie and it says annie I hope you aren't driving to work right now while you hear this. It's okay if you are. I'm not disappointed in you. All things take time. You're probably absolutely crushing it no matter what you're doing. I hope things are better then than now. Don't settle. You can always do better. Also, Madison, I hope you're good. This was for me, though. (laughs) They wanted this to air in March. So I super duper hope that things are going well for you because it's been a few months. You had a few bonus months there tacked on to the end where things have almost certainly started doing better. 
I have to imagine they've gotten better at this point. I mean, the span, I mean, the events of everything that's happened between March and June is nothing but yeah. just no clouds in the sky, beautiful, bright, sunshiny day. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Annie, I think you're great. And I bet you are crushing it, no matter what you're doing. And we're Madison- prou- We're proud of you. And Madison, quit trying to jump in on Annie's thing. Yeah. Yeah, Madison, back off. This is for Annie. I actually don't, I actually wonder about Annie's situation because, says Annie, I hope you aren't driving to work right now while you hear this. It's okay if you are. Are they disappointed? There's a few things they can be disappointed in. Oh. One, that they're, that they're listening to the show still. They have maybe wanted to stop. <laughs> I hope that's disappointed not the that case. they heard it. It could be they wanted to stop driving to work and they promised themselves they would start walking or riding their bike. That may be another thing. Or it could be that they, you know, wanted them to have a different job. I think Matt, I thought I took it as um I, I'm disappointed in you for listening to anything while driving to work, a time when you should be focusing <laughs> on driving. Yeah, you should be driving. Pay attention to driving. This is for Pat, and it's from Sam. Hi, Pat. I know we said we weren't going to do this, but uh, you're proposing to Rebecca today, so that seems like a big deal. So since this is going to be in the future, happy wedding. Congrats on that coming up? Unless she says no which would be a colossal bummer. Not that I need to tell you that. In that case, keep your chin up, bud. I love you. And that's for whenever, man. Okay. (laughs) A lot going on. Yeah. A lot going on. I feel like I need some sort of, like, Reddit fan club to, like, break down the timeline for this. I need, like, a... Inception flowchart to sort of follow. follow. Here's what, yeah. I, what I love about this Gemotron is what this makes me think is that Sam was talking to Pat and Pat was like, yeah, I'm going to propose to Rebecca today. Whatever you do, don't get me a Jumbotron that wishes me a future happy wedding. And yeah. Sam says, okay, I won't do this. And then jumps onto the phone and it's like, I know we said we weren't going to do this. It seems like... Pat has been wronged before by Sam in this exact way. Because I don't know why else they would need to warn them otherwise. Well, Adam, we're still putting out the Greatest Discovery podcast while we wait for season two. What are we doing with these episodes? We've uh, talked to a whole bunch of interesting people like the Wall Street Journal's Ben Fritz and MaximumFun.org's own Danielle Radford. We're kind of using this time to find ways to entertain ourselves and you while we wait for the next season. So catch yourself up with Star Trek Discovery and join us Tuesday on The Greatest Discovery. It's on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. How about a Yahoo? Yeah, actually, no. Okay. It's time to play the game that's shaking up America. We return to it every week or so. What do you got? Celebrity Wine. Why not? Welcome to Celebrity Wine. Why not? Very Did good you show. know you were going to do this before I talked about Jason Biggs's Power Wine? Celebrity Wine. Why <laughs> not? Is a new show. It's uh, it's a quiz show. My brother, my brother, and me. Where I'm going to tell you. Um, uh. I forget how we, how did we, what were the rules? I think you gave us the name of the wine and we tried to guess the celebrity and the rating. 
Okay. If I uh, remember correctly. I am going to... Okay, the list is still shared with you, and uh, we. I'm going to hit you with the name and the score of a wine, and you're going to tell me which actor from our list is responsible for it. I mean, don't tell us the score, though. That's half the fun. Yes, uh, you will guess the score after. So I'm going to say our first one today... Our first wine. Let me open up this bottle. Hello, gentlemen. I uh, my name is Smallier Justin, and I am so happy you came to our restaurant. Uh, today we have a fine uh, bottle for you. It's a um, Ferguson Crest 2014 Private Reserve Syrah. It's from the Santa Ynez Valley, mm. and um, it's oh half of the label has worn off here. I can't read the celebrity, but I knew that a very considerable celebrity was attached to this wine. Um, oh, I know it. Yeah, I, I do it. too. It's not the hardest one you've given us before. In this oh, it did take a second. Is that by Fergie Fur? Is that Fergie's That's wine? Fergie Fur. That's Fergie's wine. Give me the score. Oh, man. Now, to remind you of the scale here, really between 80 and 100 is really I'm going to say 87. I'm going to say 83. Well, that's a 90 on this. Hey, great wine, Fergie. Fergie did a good job. She tried her best, and uh, she was very, very, very pleased. I'm going to Google just to real quick see how original our nation's sort of wine critics are. Uh, Fergie wine, Fergalicious, and see how many people sort of led with that. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like my uh, computer just imploded. It just sort of disappeared in my desk. It uh, Googled it too hard and died. So, gentlemen, please enjoy the Ferguson Crest 2014. Uh, look out for candied blackberry and black currant meet with lilacs on the concentrated gooey nose of this bottling. Gooey nose? That's what wine enthusiasts fucking said. I kid you a not. It's gooey all, nose? Just a gooey nose on Fergie's <laughs> wine. Fergie, this one's got a gooey nose. Next up, gentlemen, if you'll follow me over to Toscana, Italy, we're going to be sampling the Il Palagio 2012 Sister Moon Red. Say it again. This is the Il Palagio 2012 Sister Moon Red from Toscana, Italy. Uh, you're going to be looking for a polished palette showing mature red plum, tobacco, and vanilla. I'm going to say Lorraine Bracco. Um, I don't know who that is. I don't either. I mean, as bad as I want it to be Mike Ditka. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it is Mike Ditka. It sounds fancy. So I'm going to say either Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie or Sting. I'm going to say Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Oh, it was Sting, sir. Sorry, oh, oh, it was so Sting. close. Ah, fuck. I'm, I'm actually, is... I have to be honest with you guys. I'm at a bit of an advantage here because while on vacation this summer, I did have a bottle of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's wine. Ah, shit. So here's the question for all of you here on the call Who's better at wine, Sting or Fergie? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say Sting is an 82. I'm going to say Sting didn't make good wine. I think Sting... I, 82 feels right to me, Trav. It, you know, it's 88. He did a great job. Okay. It wasn't as good as Fergie did, but um, yeah, we got one more in Celebrity Wine. Why not? Uh, really excited about this one. Gentlemen, let me, re- let me let me summon my character back up. Thank you. Uh, so, gentlemen, our last wine, because I can tell you you're getting a little 
inebriated here at the table. Our last is a 2012 Cabernet Sauvignon, a cab salve in the uh, lingo. It's from the Columbia Valley of Washington, and uh, it is called Pursued by Bear. It's a 2012 Ooh. Cabernet Sauvignon, Pursued by Bear. It's a little Shakespearean pun. It provides plenty of immediate appeal, but will only benefit from some time in the cellar. Fair and good on the list here. This isn't the Jeff Gordon speed wine. It's no. not the Mario and Andretti speed wine. I want to say Kyle McLaughlin, because Pursued by Bear seems like somebody who has a fun like understanding of Shakespeare, and also the fact that I think it's in Washington State, which is where I think Twin Peaks is. Wait, is it from Washington? I'm sorry, gentlemen. The owner says I cannot repeat oh, this game stinks. my um, descriptions. I'm going to say Kyle McLaughlin. It is from Washington. I've checked with the owner. He said I could share that from you. It is from Columbia, Columbia Valley. Of it's Washington. probably Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> so, sirs, just so I can quantify this, you think Kyle McLaughlin decided to make a wine of Washington because he was in a TV show there 25 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Is that sort of No, they did the reboot. This is, I told you it was a 2012. It was a 2012 Cab Sav. Someone from Washington said, you know who I bet is a big fan of us because he shot a TV show here and they reached out to Kyle McLaughlin. All right, I'm going to change it. I, I'm going to change it to... You're a coward. Sam Neill. <laughs> The answer is Kyle McLaughlin. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, I stuck with my gut, Griffin. You are rewarded. You get a That's second pour bullshit. here. Here you go, sir. Enjoy. I told you it had a fun actory name, Pursued by Bear. I know, Who? but Justin came at me with all this negative energy, and it well, ruined my vibe. Don't be bullied by our older brother. Who is better at making wine, Agent Dale Cooper... Or Fergie Ferg. Probably. I'm going to go high, because I'm betting that Kyle McLaughlin really got involved in the process and was a stickler for quality. I'm going to say a 95. I'm going to say that I've doubted Fergie in the past, and it has not served me well. I think her wine's better. Kyle McLaughlin's Pursuit by Beer 2012 Cab Sav comes in at 93 points oh, from wine enthusiasts. Second so only fucking bad to Earth's best celebrity winemaker, <laughs> Boz Skaggs. <laughs> We all remember Boz is the best. What's my Ditka's fucking wine called? <laughs> I, sir, if you want me to, I, I'm gonna get kicked out of this fucking winery. <laughs> I'm googling you, it. Fuck you, Somalia. If you want Mike Ditka's 2011 Cabernet Sauvignon called the Icon, I'm sorry, no, he's got three. He's got a Merlot called the Player, and he's got a Cab Sav called the Coach. <laughs> Coach, order all three of those right now. Hi, Mike Didka. It's me, your wine producer. Uh, we need a name for this wine. Uh, what are some words you know? Uh, the player. Uh, the coach. And uh, the ball. Uh, no, the ball? we can't. Not can't we're not going to do the ball wine. It's Mike. Get, it's Mike Ditka's ball wine. Freshly uh, sweet. It's got notes of currant. It's got notes of strawberry in it, and a little bit of pigskin, baby. Can we do DeWine? No, we can't do DeWine, <laughs> sir. Congratulations to Kyle McLaughlin and Fergie for shocking the haters and producing a better wine than Sting. <laughs> uh, how about a one a Yahoo? Yeah, I'd love that. This one sent in by Alan. 
Alan, uh, thank you, Alan. It's yeah, uh, sorry, I almost attributed it to you. It's Yahoo Answers user question mark. So Mike D- Mike Dick asks, uh, what to wear to laser tag? I'm Mike Dick from Family Guy. <laughs> from Family, uh- <laughs> <laughs> it is really it is really hot, and I haven't got any black tanks and stuff. Could I possibly wear a play suit, blue, or is that too much? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a play suit? Mm-hmm. A, a play suit, Travis, I'm glad you asked. I Googled it. It's not anything. It's not anything okay. that exists in the world. This is so tough because you have to find something that is both resistant to lasers mm. and nacho cheese afterwards. Yeah. Something hydrophobic and laserphobic. What it... Oh, I've got it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to answer this one so quickly. We'll have to do another one, but I have the answer. And the answer is... You're going to want to dress like an employee of the laser tag place. <laughs> okay. Okay. Kind of a covert. Sure. Thing. And you get blasted. Pew, pew, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Can you see my clothes? I'm a, ju- you- I'm a journalist. I'm covering this laser war. Are you trying to get yourself <laughs> thrown out of here? Because I have that power. Could you do like a RoboCup outfit? Did I say RoboCup? You did. RoboCup. <laughs> <laughs> A police officer he got killed by a big gang, and they're like, "We can save him, make him even better than before." And he wakes up, and he's like, "Uh, <laughs> wait, uh, oh, uh, what did you do to me?" You're like, "Well, you got a little handle there, cute little floral <laughs> pattern. You got your own saucer. You got a saucer. This is your partner, saucer. He used to be a firefighter, but we fucked him up too. So anyway, do I have any cool robot powers? You can hold." Different beverages inside. <laughs> and is it going to hurt when it's a hot? Oh, it'll oh, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it'll oh, hurt. Yeah. yeah. How long will they stay hot or cold? Not long. You are not insulated. You're sort of a guy cup. So. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about all of it. They Listen, what? They f- we <laughs> tried to order RoboCop parts, but Jeff over here <laughs> fucked up the order form to the typo on it. So you're going to get what you're going to Hey, at least this. You're not dead. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I'd rather be. Well, the bad news is we don't know how to kill a cup. Um, so what do I do now? Got? Am I supposed to fight crime? Uh, well, if you want, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I mean you're, you're not a- suited for that. If we're being honest, <laughs> you're a cup. And check, it feels check. like a tall order. And let me check this out. Our Dizzy's making a live action Beauty and the Beast. Now we're gonna get down, get you down there casting. Can you do a chip? Oh, wait, they made that like four years ago. Fuck, man, I don't know. You might have a job on Sunset Boulevard, get your picture taken with Chip the Cup from Beauty and the Beast. You know, you could make $20 a day. No, sorry, you can't charge for those. Um, They might have a sequel in the works, you never know. Might be uniquely suited. Now get on out of here. We're going to turn someone into into Tupperware. Hold on, a sequel, that would be Beauty and the Handsome Dude and all of his human house (laughs) servants. Everything's still good? Yep. Okay, roll credits. No one's called just called Gaston's funeral. Don't nobody want to go to that. Anyway, you're a cup now. Get on. We had, conver- we had a conversation about this. We were talking about. Okay, so our we're, so we're we are uh, doing some shows in Orlando and uh, uh, one show. No, yeah, one show in Orlando the, at the end of uh, August. So we're thinking about like ducking our heads in to Disney for a few days while we're down there. And the one thing that Charlie was really 
firm on is that she does not want to see Gaston. <laughs> she wants to, and she, she does not want to see Gaston. And she said, and we, uh, Sydney and I were talking, and uh, I guess in the same room as her, and Sydney very briefly said, like, well, sweetie, you not you realize that's not the same. And then she stopped herself. We can't really go down that road. We can't go down the, you know, it's not the same Gaston road. Yeah. Because you take that one brick out and it all sort of tumbles around you. And then I very helpfully jumped in and said, well, Gaston died. So that's a different <laughs> Gaston. <laughs> that was not better. So helpful, that, Justin. That was not better, actually. So it's a cyborg Gaston. Nothing to be afraid of there. Or brought to brought back to life with dark magics. Again, An not- An unstoppable Gaston zombie. Not anything to be afraid of there. Why do they have that pervert Gaston even at the park? I hate that guy. <laughs> he. Why does he get- He's- a very bad per, and you know what? He's not bad in like the traditional like I'll steal your voice and then become the. No, he like just is asshole. a racist, yeah. and like, and he gets killed for it, and like, yeah. whatever. I mean, but it's wild that he's like everyone pose with me, expectorating. Yeah, yeah I'm a cool not. guy who tried to force a woman to marry me against her will by imprisoning her dad. Yeah, yeah. I gaslighted her dad. It was great. I eat it. I eat it all of Griffin's eggs and spit on his car, and it's like. Jesus, dude. <laughs> you know, here's the thing, though. Listen, I don't want to blow this whole thing wide open, but if you think about it, the Beast also imprisoned Belle's dad in, a, in an attempt to try to force her to marry him. So it seems like both of them kind of suck. I mean, there should be maybe a bad Disney World where Gaston, the Beast, the bad guy from Pocahontas, who was, like, real bad. Real, the real, real worst. bad. Pretty bad. Not fun bad, like a lot of the, the you know, Ursula. This is a different podcast. You're this right. is not our podcast. I mean, I just, it's a different park. It's Nasty Disney World where bad kids go. <laughs> Nasty Disney World where all the villains are kept and the bad kids can elect to go to it. They are, um, they haven't been redeemed. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you know, it's sort of a heaven and hell situation. Are there still rides? Yes. The rides are way cooler. The rides are so much cooler, so much more dangerous and action packed. <laughs> The uh, food's all nachos, more or less, just all just big spicy beef nachos, pretty much all over, and you can just shit anywhere. It's nasty Disney World. It's where all they. It's where good Disney World keeps all the mosquitoes. Listen, it's got pluses <laughs> and minuses. The rides are cooler. There are mosquitoes everywhere. It's, it's fine. Their mascot is Sid from Toy Story. It's yeah, cool. It's really cool. You get a paintball gun when you go in. And that's nice, too, because then, like, if you're an employee at regular Disney World and they're like, Todd, I noticed that you were taking 40-minute breaks instead of 30-minute breaks, you don't want to have to work nasty, Disney, do you? Yeah. No, of course not. But then it's okay, because Jafar will sell you some skunk weed. (laughs) (laughs) It's got it. It's not all all bad. Uh, Folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to our program. If you came out to see us in San Francisco or Phoenix, uh, thank you uh, for for coming out. I, tragic news, or I guess, I don't know, depends on your perspective. Yeah, maybe you don't care. If at the Phoenix uh, show, that audio was just fucking mulch. Just it, it fucking mulch. So that show will never be released. That is your show to treasure and enjoy. Um, if you made a secret pirate copy of it, please let us know, because <laughs> otherwise it's lost to the ether. Um, so don't 
sorry about that. But, you know, it's a special show that you get to treasure in your heart now and no one else will ever hear. Uh, but thank you for coming out. Uh, like I mentioned, we do have some other appearances coming up. If you want to come see us, go to McElroyShows.com for slash tours. We're going to be all over this great this great land, and um, we hope that you will join us. That includes not only our live shows, but also some Adventure Zone uh, graphic novel book events. Uh, we're doing, like, live read and graphic novel stuff in July. And then throughout uh, July and August, uh, some combination of us and our dad and the artist Carrie Peach are going to be stopping at our kind of local bookstore establishments for meet and greets and signings. So if you don't want to miss that, com slash tours. Um, yeah. I want to thank John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of our theme song, It's a Departure, off the album Putting the Days to Bed. It is a, it's a choice cut. As we say in the music industry, you're going to just love these tunes. And hey, thanks to Max Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great shows there. You're going to find something that you're going to enjoy. Maybe it's Bubble, the new uh, the new sci-fi sort of fiction podcast that Jordan Morris uh, wrote and a bunch of folks starred in. Uh, we have guest spots in an episode that I don't think has come out yet. Uh, but it's a, it's a, a very fun show that uh, I bet you're just going to dig. Because everybody worked really hard on it. It's called Bubble, and all that's at MaximumFun.org. I've done a couple uh, quick guest spots. Well, I've done a couple guest spots on a D&D live stream show called Dice Camera Action. Uh, it's from Wizards. You can find it twitch.tv slash D&D, or it's on the D&D YouTube channel. You can just search for Dice Camera Action. And it's just been a real blast. Uh, I brought Magnus back to play with them, and it's been fun playing Magnus again and playing with these folks. And Chris Perkins is the DM, and he's one of our inspirations. So I'm a big fan of it, and I recommend everybody check it out. Yeah. Uh, how about that final? Hit me. This one was sent in by Alan. Also, it's Yahoo Answers user Jack M who asks. I accidentally shifted to uppercase. How do I get back to lowercases so my passwords will work? <laughs> my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. This has been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Biff. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. Turns out it isn't what we thought it would be. For example, stickers on car windows? It's no longer about what type of monster would let that happen and more like realizing you are that monster. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org or Apple Podcasts. And yes, there will be swears.